right. <clears throat> this week on the Blue Notes, we have Joe Ellis, a.k.a. the master of all things sound-related. He is the person who handles the sound for the concerts on the square and then also puts on a spectacular event for Christmas times called A Very Joey Christmas. Now, is this always the name of the show or does it vary? This is your fifth year, right? This is the fifth year and that is always the name. I love it. Who Subject came up with change. that? <laughs> I, you know, it was kind of, we had to call it something. Right. And the original name of this show in 1932 was the Broken Toy Show. Oh. And so we're actually just bringing that back, but I had to kind of make it more relevant to mm -hmm. me doing the show. So that's where, it, you know, I'm Joe E. So it's, it's a, a very, very Joey Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. now this show is particularly for Toys for Tots. Solely for Toys for Tots. So exactly. how did the idea yep. come about? Because um, you could just donate toys. Well, you could. Yep. Right. That's, that's fun too. Right. But we, so back to the Broken Toy Show, and I, I don't remember exactly how this came about, but somebody showed me a picture of a group of guys during the Great Depression in the early 30s in mm -hmm. front of the Grand Theater in Wausau. And they had an old pickup truck that was full of wooden toys that were broken. And the history of it was they held a concert. Nobody could really afford new toys. It was the Great Depression. So mm -hmm. they said, we're going to hold an event. You bring us any broken toys that you're throwing away. We'll fix them and give them to kids in the community. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And I have this picture. I'll send it. I'll Please. send it. We can post it on, on your website or something, but it was pretty moving to see what they were doing in such hard times. Right. And so we have a good friend in Virginia Beach where we used to live who did a, a Toys for Tots benefit concert every year. And I think they're in their 25th year this year. Wow. And so when we moved here, there was nothing like that. And so we just wanted to bring that concept here. And so it was just kind of a bonus when we saw that there was a history in Wausau mm -hmm. of this. And so we just thought, well, let's bring that back. So a very Joe E. Christmas, the return of the Broken Toy Show. Boom. Right. Yeah. It's I love pretty that. cool. So we're just kind of extending a tradition that was kind of put on the shelf for um, many, many years here. And, mm -hmm. and here we are in year five already. It's pretty cool. I love it. I'm yeah. so excited, Joe. You, yeah. you don't even know how excited we I am. We have some guest artists. This I year. know, yeah. you guys. I may or may not be playing the ukulele. May or may not. And may yeah. or may not be writing a song. I don't know. You'll just have to wait and see. So what does one have to do in order to go to the show? It simply go to Grand Theater's website, grandtheater.org, find our event on December 12th at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. And you can, there's a ticket link. You can reserve your seats. It's only $10 to reserve a seat mm -hmm. and bring one new unwrapped toy to donate to the Marines at the door for Toys for Tots and come in and enjoy the show. Things start at the Great Hall at 5.30. Every year, the Great Hall has hundreds of people in there. We have live music there starting at 5.30. Nice. Bring your kids. We have Santa every year. Stop. Santa's not coming, Joe. Yes. Oh, my gosh. For the fifth year in a row. Yeah. Wow, I'm so yeah. excited. We got him. The real one, too. <laughs> so the first no. year that you put this together, logistically, like, how long did it take? What did you have to do? Did you get sponsors? Was it easy? Was it a challenge? We had some really, really great partners in year one mm -hmm. that came in and just believed in the concept, which was a huge help. Like any big undertaking, we didn't have enough sponsorship to cover the cost. We had to charge a small ticket price mm -hmm. to kind of help us cover the cost. It's a huge production with a ton of professional artists that come in. So the expense of something like this is pretty high. So we had to generate some revenue somehow, but we didn't want it to be an expensive thing for people to have to incur to, to give to the community either. 
So right. we did have some great sponsors. We had a few people come in. The, the logistics of an event that size from scratch, year one was pretty brutal, just from a time commitment and logistic management standpoint. And so the turnout was small. You know, we I think we had 320 people show up. You know, so it was when but the lights came on, number. we were like, oh, well, <laughs> some people are here. Let's do what we can. Mm -hmm. And those 300 people brought like 800 toys. Wow. So it was a huge win for us. We had a great time. We did a ton of good for mm -hmm. a lot of families. And word spread. And the next year, we had 800 people there. Damn! And year three and four, we were full. So it's pretty cool. And now, you know, last year, almost 2,300 toys. So it's growing like crazy. It's really, really That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then to see the growth year by year, it must be very encouraging for you that you're yeah. doing the right thing, right? It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So who are the musicians? Changes a little bit every year. Mm -hmm. But basically, because of my regular job, mm -hmm. I get to work with and meet just tons of musicians throughout the year from all over the state and the Midwest. And so I've been able to make some really good connections with people who have the same kind of heart that I do for this. And we've been able to assemble a band that I think is just the best musicians that I get to work with every year. Aww. And they come in. So it's like this all-star group from Wisconsin. Everybody really gets along. There's an awesome vibe. There's no egos in this show. It's just all about putting on an awesome night and it's pretty spectacular. It's, for it's the greater good. For the greater good. Yeah. It's awesome. And you guys yeah. really spice up the music. So this is like Christmas songs powered by yeah. funk. Yeah. And I even heard a ska version mm -hmm. of one of the classic Christmas songs. I was like, whoa, yeah. look yeah. at that. Yeah, I really, I don't want this event to be narrowed into a certain demographic. The age range at this show is from five-year-olds to mm -hmm. 90, right? And so when we build this, I want it to be engaging at some point or several points throughout the 90-minute show to everybody. Right. So we have a couple classics. We have a couple, like, country flavor songs. Mm -hmm. We'll do some reggae stuff and everything, contemporary Christmas arrangements of Christmas classics, things that we, last year we did an ACDC song musically mm -hmm. with Staying Alive by the Bee Gees over it. So it's not oh. all Christmas. It's just something to get people moving, and it, it's just a fun night. Sounds um, like a great time. Yeah, and overall, I always I always say it's not a church service, but we take you to church. Oh, you know, <laughs> Amen, Hallelujah. Yeah, because yes. it's Christmas, you know, <laughs> right. and that's one thing that's been really important to me is that we make sure that we're in the right spot in our heart on this night mm -hmm. in all ways. We're giving to the community who's in need. And we're not going to forget about what Christmas is really about. So, you know, there's... Celebrating the birth of baby Jay. Amen. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And giving back to the community. Yeah. That's, so that's beautiful. That's probably my favorite part of the night is making sure that it's anchored in faith and making sure that people can connect. Not everybody goes to church for Christmas. You know? Right. And I'm finding that some people come for the toys, some come for the music, and come. some are coming to get their Christmas service in. Mm, to tap into that spirituality. Cool. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you practice? What do I practice? Yeah, like your religion. What's your... I'm non-denominational okay. Christian. Love the Bible. Love Jesus. And <laughs> I, I don't identify with any particular... Sect, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And like there's a lot of extreme ways. And Christine and I have always been fully inclusive. If you think about Christianity, it, it's a pretty narrow scope. Right. And outside of that, we're all doing the same thing. So, um, pretty much. you know, I try and make sure everybody's included. Yeah. Were you raised non-denominational? I was raised Lutheran. Oh, okay. My wife was raised Baptist. Interesting. Very different churches. Yeah. And I think that's why we are the way we are now. We were very young when we got married, 22 and 21, mm -hmm. and both very sad in our ways. That's all we ever knew. Right. 
when it came to church. We went off to Columbus, Ohio, where I was working at the time when we got married, and the, the hunt for a church together started. Uh-oh. And it was a ride, <laughs> you know, because I'd take her to a Lutheran church, and she'd be bored out of her mind, and she'd right. take me to you know, a Southern Baptist church. And you'd and be, like, be like, what's happening right. here? We don't, people are kind of loud. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to find a new way of Practicing. evaluating yeah, mm-hmm. how we approach all this. We found a church in Virginia Beach years and years later where it was non-denominational, and we were just like, hey, this is home. Here Let's it is. meet us in the you middle. Know, and it was easy. Yeah. You know, it was just comfortable, and there yeah. we are. Because yeah. that can be hard, too, just for even figuring out where you fit after all those years you're raised oh, one so certain hard. way. You're like, yeah. well, is this wrong? Am I wrong? Right? So, yeah. like, you start to question yourself. Yeah, so there's like, a lot of people that will say it is wrong. You right. Know? And that's one thing that, we're, that we still battle, you know, is, mm-hmm. is finding that a lot of people are saying this how we do it is the right way it can be so pushy and Mm -hmm. i just i don't dig that either i call them crazy christians right (laughs) you know and i don't like crazy christians because it just pushes people away yeah standing for your faith and your beliefs and really being a jesus freak is one thing but that doesn't you know i think churches struggle in, in a lot of ways by being they can be the most judgmental groups oh Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's so bad. We struggle with that. Yeah, finding a good church home that isn't like that is still hard for us today. Tell Um, me about it. I I talk to a lot of people that that's the case. So, you know, I think that's one reason why the format of what we do at Christmas is the way it is because you know it's subtle but very direct. You're not going to leave wondering where I stand. And Mm -hmm. the first year I did this concert, I had friends and even people in in the family that were looking at this show I was building and we had some corporate sponsors involved and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they were looking at the messaging that I was building in and and some of the questions I was getting were, Hey, uh, how are people going to like, how are your sponsors going to feel about this? And I was just like, you know what, first of all, they know we've had those conversations and I, I think, you know, they're supportive, but Mm -hmm. if they're not supportive, then they're not the right people to come with me. And and that'll come. But we got lucky. They were the right people. Everybody's been amazing about it. But just to bring it back, I think that's why we do what we do. It's like my one night of the year to be able to say to a large group of people, this is what I think Christianity can look like. We're serving. We're open to everybody. We're not saying anyone's doing anything the wrong way. Uh, We just want you to, to find this moment in life with us and take it with you after that night. That's one thing I struggle with is it's just one night. I get stories every year of how people are moving. It's like, all right, how do we connect them to more of that throughout the year? Mm. And that's the, all of us. We've we've got this this bucket of motivation at certain points of the year, and it just it, just it, it empties out, you know. Yeah. And so finding ways to keep that full is something in year five that I continue to work on. Is like how do we connect people to resources to keep giving throughout the year? Right. I'm open to ideas. If there's anyone out there that's like, hey, we should do something in summer. We do something every six months or every three months to mm-hmm. just kind of keep people fueled. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and that's you know? great. Your willingness yeah. to want to do it because it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it's, it's not like very joy Christmas comes out of a hat. It's, right. It takes quite the planning. It does, but it does get easier too because a lot of the same people are involved every year. Mm, so you know the drill. They know the roles, and there's a lot of things that logistically were really hard in the beginning that I can just make some calls now and be like, hey, here's the date. Do your thing. Right. You know, delegation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. And they're, it's a great team. So right. it, for me, it gets easier and it can just be, I can sit back and say, okay, what? How does all this come together? How do we put 90 minutes together that flows well, keeps people engaged? All the, mm-hmm. you know, the fun artistic right. side of it. Awesome. Which is way cooler. Yeah. Now, 
this is a great event. I love that you're doing this. So I want to get to know about you. Okay, so you own Joe Ellis LLC, right? Yeah. Joe Ellis Music LLC. Joe Ellis Music LLC is kind of a parent company to several different operating as businesses. There's Joe E the Performer, mm -hmm. there's Gem Productions, which is my production company for live events. We have a transportation company in there. What? Yeah, so it's several it's several branches of things that we do. The yeah. transportation company takes it, bands to and fro? It, it's an entertainment transportation company. Primarily we just transport all of our own things, but it's a, I have to operate it as a separate business. It's Time out. Yeah. Time yeah, out. Yeah. Take me back here because, okay, so you were growing up and you were like, oh my gosh, I want to own this music business. Like, how does that even happen? How did this start? So this whole thing is an accident. What? Yeah. I spent my entire life wanting to be a pilot. And so I spent 15 years as an airline pilot. And, Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, you flew yes. planes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my family is full of pilots and that's all I ever wanted to do. And... That's what I did, you know. So I flew cargo and and all in traffic watch and all these things. I ended up at the airlines in 2001. Flew there until 2012 and was a captain for eight years. Then I got sick in 2012. Came down with random severe vertigo. Oh. And so I ended up going what I thought was temporarily on medical leave while they kind of figured out why I was getting these terrible spins and still battle it today and ended up with this time off and I'm like well what am I going to do with this time off I thought it was okay I have six months or something where I'm going to be off of work and then I'll go back to flying right and so I was a performing musician for most of my life as well but I never really had time to do as much music as I wanted to because I was always out on a three or four day trip flying. Right. You know, so I would play music on my days off, take a little travel guitar on the road with me sometimes. So I thought, well, I'm just going to play some more music. And so we started performing more and I was off from flying a little bit longer and we started buying our own PA equipment and some lighting and things, you know, to make sure our, our shows were more consistent. And I was off of flying a little more. And then people started calling me and saying, hey, can you do sound for us at our show? Other bands would call me. Yeah. But how did they know that? How did you learn how to do that? Well, I was kind of always that guy in bands just when I was younger that when we had to rent a couple speakers or something, I was always the guy in the band that would go pick up the stuff and figure out how to put it together. And, so you kind of just, you know, just so happened to learn these things along the way. Yeah. It wasn't anything that you were like, I'm going to focus on learning sound. Right. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this whole thing was, was an accident, you know, when we lived in Virginia beach, just to go off track a little bit, I played music in our worship band at church and the sound engineer at the church owned a recording studio out there and I didn't know this at the time I just thought he was a super nice guy but then people would start telling me about him and he this guy recorded pretty much everything that the Neptunes Pharrell put what? out in like the late 90s early 2000s nice. so Timberlake and Britney and Missy Elliott everything you heard on the radio right. was coming out of this guy's studio and so in 2009 I wanted to put a few recordings together and so I was talking with Rob and, and he said, yeah, come on in and show me what you got, you know, and let's let's put some things together. And I started getting to know him and I recorded a project with him. And I just I remember sitting there. I didn't know anything about the physics of audio 
at the time, mm-hmm. you know, I, and this was really my first true recording experience as an artist. Dude. Yeah. And so that's where I really learned how to do what I do today by uh, establishing a friendship with this guy who is at the top of the industry. And he was so willing to share what he was doing with me, which is really rare. You just know? dropping nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. So I was just sitting there, a sponge, you know, in the studio, just kind of watching and asking questions. And he would always show me and I was just I got really into it you know I think being a pilot the physics part of things like I really love that stuff so when he started talking about audio and how all that works together and you know to do it right I'm already um, confused it's amazing (laughs) it it, it was amazing to me and Mm -hmm. I still at that time I didn't know that I would end up doing what I do now right you you were just kind of enjoying uh, the learning process yeah so that's where I really started to get into it and really study audio production Mm mm-hmm But then when I got sick and had to stop flying, that's just sort of the crossroads where they met. It was the timing was perfect and, you know, a total God thing, you know, I I think as I look at it. So it was really cool. You know, when it became apparent that I would never be able to fly again, I had enough of an established client base with music production, like for live production, that I thought, well, you know, I need to make a living somehow. And... As a performing artist, it's pretty hard to make yes. a living. So I thought, well, let's not book any shows. I remember talking to to my wife and saying one fall, I turned down a lot of shows this year because we were playing. I think I'm not going to book anything next year and just book production and see what happens because maybe there's a business here. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And that was five and a half years ago. And we've been going the right direction ever wow. since. Yeah. It's a nonstop learning experience, both on the technical side and learning how to grow a business and, you know, work with business relationships as a small business owner. And it's cool. Yeah. So wait, so the day that the doctor told you, well, looks like you won't be flying anymore. What did you feel? I was a really hard transition because, like I said, that's all I ever wanted to do, ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I grew up on the front seat of an airplane. My my dad was oh. a corporate pilot, you know, and used to take me flying all the time. As I got old enough to, like, kneel on the front seat and see out the front, he'd let me fly a little bit, you know. And, and I just, yeah. So that was it. And so when that happened, it was pretty devastating. I was 35 long career ahead of me and in a pretty good place so to have that happen it still stinks you know oh Oh, i'm sorry yeah i mean it's in a lot of ways i wouldn't change anything for the world it's like you know to get sick and have a career change i think i got really lucky yeah you know because i still battle with the vertigo but it's it's under control it's not killing me and i get to do something else and and try and grow this business with the the other thing that i love Love. to do right so it's I feel pretty lucky overall. Yeah. As hard as it was to face that reality of, wow, that was not in the plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right, how life works. Oh, they yeah. say uh, you plan things and God laughs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because clearly. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Stupid now, humans. <laughs> right. We think we know everything. Yeah, we know right. nothing. Yeah. Vertical is like when you see things and then they get weird. No. <laughs> I don't even know if that was the good not, way to describe it. Not saying you've ever done this, but <laughs> it's like if you drink a bottle of tequila yes. and go home and lay on your bed and things are violently spinning. Oh, in your room. no. 
It's like that. Don't know what way is up, what way is down. Ooh. Super nauseous. Not a good thing to have if you're flying a plane. Not at all. Yeah, and the, the first couple times it happened, I was, was in the airplane. Shut actually. your it face. It was freaky, yeah. Yeah, it was right over your old house, probably. Stop! Yeah. No! <laughs> yeah, I was flying from, I think, like, D.C. or Philly. I can't mm -hmm. remember. Maybe Charlotte. Somewhere somewhere south up into Maine. Okay. And we were right over New York City on a crystal clear night. You know, we were at 30,000 feet or something. Was it a passenger flight? Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And I was talking with my co-pilot, just mm -hmm. shooting the breeze. It was like 11 o'clock at night. It was last flight of the day. All of a sudden, I just, this pressure in my head and things just started spinning. You know, no one was in danger there. You right. know, the, the airplane was flying itself. And, uh, but I just, I remember holding the dash and just kind of like, what's going on only lasted like a minute but that's a long time it was to, yeah to be... well, it, was, it was weird but it went away and i felt fine and went and landed and went to the hotel and i'm like huh that was maybe i didn't eat well that day the really weird thing was that happened the next week on the same trip at the same on the same flight yeah and, and at so that I point thought, you're well, like that's mm. that's weird too <laughs> yeah maybe it wasn't something you know? i ate yeah yeah. And so then the, the third time, but what made me go in, our girls went off to school one morning and I had to get ready to go to the airport to commute to work from my house. And I bent over to pick up my shoes and it happened again. And I thought, better not go to work. I better go get this checked out. Wow. And so. What's yeah. that like when you're a pilot? Do you just, hey, airport people, not coming in today. Yeah. Get a new person. Is it as yeah, easy as that? It is, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that you guys had the flexibility. Yeah. There are uh, what they call reserve pilots, uh, and they're just on call. Gotcha. Usually it's just the most junior pilots in that position, and they're just on call. And so if somebody calls in sick or, or something like that, they get called in to fill in. Yeah. I really don't want to obsess over this pilot thing, but That's I'm just right. so cool. shocked that you're a pilot. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? This yeah. is crazy. You were never scared up there? Um, like, where were you on 9-11? 9-11 didn't scare you? I was off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was actually off that day. No, that was that was a weird, that was a weird time to be a pilot, you know? It just the weirdest part was how empty the airports were for a long time after that. You know, right. we were flying airplanes with four people on them for quite a long time. And then the industry, because of that, pilots were getting laid off and airports airlines were going bankrupt none of us really knew how long we were going to have a job wow you know because nobody was flying so it was really hard and then oil prices went through the roof just that whole that whole time period was pretty brutal yeah you know for eight years wow you know so yeah but i mean that was like more more nervous for job security kind of thing than it was and, for just like getting up there and doing your thing because there yeah. was that's it you're already used to it so yeah so needless to say you're not afraid of heights I'm terrified of heights. Shut your whole face. <laughs> yeah. You're scared of heights? I am, yeah. You yeah. are a getting, bag of ironies. Getting me getting me up on a roof. Well, especially now, I just I can't do it with, well, right. with my vertigo. Right. You know, but but even even my hands are sweating. Talking like, about like it. because I'm thinking about it's the falling <laughs> that I don't like. I don't mind being up high. <laughs> It's, oh you know, wow! The hitting the ground part, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But airplanes. Yeah. I mean, you've been in airplanes, right? It's not. It's yes. not the same. No, it yeah. is the same thing, especially <laughs> when there's turbulence, Joe. What do you do yeah. with the turbulence? Why, Joe? Let me ask you this. You might know. Why is there turbulence? Why can't you avoid the dang cloud? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> Gosh. That's some like insider he... knowledge. Nobody knows what turbulence is. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. I, guess I we'll hate turbulence. I'm the worst. I, 
my girls laugh at me because I want to drive when we go on vacation. I hate airports now. Like this is it's really? so weird. Yeah, like because I'm not. When we used to go on vacation, we we didn't wait in security lines. We you mm. know I'd flash my ID and we'd go to the front and you know go through and I'd get discounts at Starbucks <laughs> and everything was great. But now I have to ride in the back of the airplane. Now you have to be like a regular folk. It's awful. (laughs) It's a terrible way to travel. I'm sorry. You know? (laughs) That's what the rest of us go through all the time. Yeah. And I grew up not not doing any of that. So, like, Uh, air travel was a completely different thing. You've been spoiled, Joe. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am very scared of flying, weirdly enough, now. And I think probably because I, I saw a lot of things and had a lot of experiences as a pilot. And I just mm-hmm. I know what what happens and everybody. Thank goodness. Everybody's good. And it's it is safe. But right. I'm a nervous flyer. It's a really I weird can twist in my life. That's now. like yeah. kind of driving with someone and you're not driving, but you're like now mm. because you're a driver. Yeah. You're like ultra paranoid and totally. Yeah. Like flying aware. around thunderstorms and turbulence and yes. things when I was driving. No, it was no big deal. I knew what was happening, you know, and, and how I to could control. See. But if I'm on an airplane and there's turbulence now, I, I, I guarantee you we're we're crashing. <laughs> You're like we're In going my down. Mind. Oh, it's terrible. Mom, I yeah. love you. I understand, hundred percent. Do you feel as fulfilled in general? Yes. I, well, I mean, I'm getting older through all of this too, right? right? So I I feel way more fulfilled, like with my current life position now mm-hmm. than I did ever before. Yeah, and right. I I mean, I feel very blessed for that. You know, I think a lot of things, a lot of just life events have all cataclysmically happened to lead me to where I am now, and that's what we all hope for. You know, is to be able to look back and say I'm a better person. Mm-hmm. Things are good. You know, I'm happier than I was five years ago right and i feel like that's where i'm at yeah you know things are different it's not like you said before it's not what i would have planned Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways things are harder for me now than they were you know 10 years ago but in more ways things are better for me than they were 10 years ago that's awesome i just try and make sure i can look at all that and honestly as like as you tell me about your life it's like everything came full circle yeah. Being part of the worship band and handling the production aspect of being part of that band. And it's like you were meant to do this. That I hope so. Yeah. You know? I mean, totally. I'll, I'll tell you in 30 years. <laughs> if No, I feel how like. This went. <laughs> hey, first of all, you're in year five of yeah. Very Joey Christmas. So mm-hmm. it must be going well. Yeah. Right, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. You know, yeah. and I, I'm. I'm curious to see what the future holds for the Christmas show, you know? And I love um, that it's, like, tied to a historical, an actual historical event that happened right there. That's super You know, cool. at the Grand. Yeah, it's amazing. And I hopefully I have more time to put a little more research into that event. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd really love to bring that event more to the forefront somehow. I, right. I don't even know what that would look like. But, you know, there might be, I mean, we're, every year that goes by, it's harder, but... Be cool to find someone who is who received a toy from that show. Oh, you know what I mean. That if that doesn't tug on somebody's heartstrings, right? yeah. I don't know what will. Yeah. That would be amazing. But uh, even you know what, even like just printing out the picture that you have, like a larger size, I think that would do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a cool piece 
of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. That brings it all together. And I think it's so cool that you're doing this just to help other people, to help kids. Yeah. And you guys are really good. That's all. Thank you. Like, you guys are really good artists. And if, if you've ever heard the sound uh, at Concerts on the Square, man, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I'm so excited because this is my first. Yeah, yeah. This is my first. Yeah. It's a very Joey Christmas. Yeah, so I yeah. am just, I can't wait. Well, all roads have led to you being at this concert for year five. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So where can we find you on social media? Best way, hmm, let me think about it. Gem Productions is on Facebook at Gem Live Events. Mm -hmm. Usually everything I do, like with the Christmas show, is linked through that page okay. somehow. So the best way, you know, we'll announce things through there. By the way... His wife can sing. <laughs> mm -hmm. She, you guys are like dynamic yeah. duo up oh, there. Yeah. Did you know she could sing when you married her, or was it just yeah. like surprise? That's why we're married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Not because she's a great, not because you're a great person, Christine. It's just because you can sing. Right. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> she, she needed a guitar player. Ah, yeah. uh, I see. To go off on another historical note of me, mm -hmm. I guess. That's how we met. She was friends with some people that I was in my very first band with. And she was preparing to go to do a two-month mission trip in Africa. Ugh. And so she was 19 or 20, probably 19 maybe at the time, mm -hmm. and trying to raise money to go do this trip. Mm -hmm. And so she was putting together a benefit concert to raise money. Okay. And so my band was going to help her put on this this concert and do some worship music in, in Wausau here. And again, like me being kind of like the guy for PA and things, I was working with Christine a lot Ooh. to help put this <laughs> sound system together right. for this little concert. I thought, ah, she's pretty cool. And uh, so and we... also pleasing to the eye. Let's be real. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, didn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we and then she went off to, to Africa, and I went off to Albany, New York for my first flying job, and, and we had never gone on a date or anything. We uh -huh. just did this and went on our separate ways, and, and I came back for Thanksgiving that next year, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, what's what's up with, you know, Christine? And, and he was like, oh, she was, she's was just asking about you. Ew! Yeah. So we, we went out on a date, and then when I came back for Christmas, we went on another one, and I Wait, said, no, so wait, you yeah. asked, okay, the you asked the friend, and then you called her? Oh, yeah. Hey, Christine. On a real phone. Yeah. Oh, wow, like one of <laughs> yeah. those ones where you, uh -huh, the uh -huh. terrestrial ones? Yep. Okay, yep. and then you picked up the phone and you said, hey, Christine, how's it going? Haven't yep. seen you in a year. Yep. Would you like to go out on a date? Pretty much, yeah. Uh... Yeah, it was cool. So we, we went on two dates, and then I said, hey, you should come out, because she was in college yet. And I uh -huh. said, on your winter break, you should come out to Albany and hang out with me for a couple weeks. And so she came out, and by the time she went home, we were engaged. Shut yeah. your entire <laughs> face right now, Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, that's just like, if you know, you know, huh? Totally. Yeah, wow. we just we just knew. And so then we were faced with, she had one more year of school. Uh-huh. And I had just gotten a new flying job in Columbus, Ohio. So I was moving there and we were like, okay, do we try and do this long distance thing for a year until you're done and then get married? Or should we just get married this summer and then you can, we'll find a college down in, in Columbus where she can finish up. And, mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah, let's get this done. So we were married that July. Oh yeah. my and then God. And she moved down and finished school down there. And, and uh, that was... 19 years ago. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I know. 
You guys could be like, you could make a rom-com out of this story. Like your oh, life could. Yeah. could be a romantic comedy. I love it. Yeah, and I love Christine. She's so sweet. She is. You guys are just the nicest people. Oh, thank you. You look great together. Thank you oh, you thank sound you. great on the mic. Oh. I mean, please. This is a match made in heaven. Oh, oh I love it. Okay. All right. Now that I've composed myself. Uh, <laughs> I need to come back here. You do. <laughs> that was a very exciting story. I can't believe it. Uh, like you just knew you were in love. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And you guys look like you're still in love. Oh, more which than is, ever. Yeah. Uh, like I said, things are better now than than ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, it's a very Joey Christmas is going down on December twelfth, Wednesday at seven PM. If you want your tickets, you go to the grandtheater.com. You can get your tickets there. But also remember to bring a toy for the children because we love the children. Mm. And remember, Santa's going to be there. And I may or may not <laughs> be playing my ukulele. Guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank you so much. For oh, the my best. gosh. This was amazing. This Thanks was for so having much me. fun. Yeah.